You're listening to Biceps After Babies Radio, episode number 121. Hello, and welcome to Biceps After Babies Radio, a podcast for ladies who know that fitness is about so much more than pounds lost or PRs. It's about feeling confident in your skin and empowered in your life. I'm your host, Amber Brzezicki, a registered nurse, personal trainer, wife, and mom of four. Each week, my guests and I will excite and motivate you to take action in your own personal fitness as we talk about nutrition, exercise, mindset, personal development, and executing life with conscious intention. If your goal is to look, feel, and be strong and experience transformation from the inside out, you, my friend, are in the right place. Thank you for tuning in. Now let's jump into today's episode. Hey, 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 welcome back to another episode of Biceps After Babies Radio. I'm your host, Amber Brzezicki, and doors to Macros 101 are officially, officially, officially opened. I'm so excited. I This is like, it's like Christmas for me, Christmas in February. Uh, if you don't know about Macros 101, Macros 101 is my signature program where I coach women how to become the macro scientist in their journey. I coach them through creating an effective and an enjoyable plan that is customized to them, that fits your goals, your lifestyle, your body. And I teach you this in a way that allows you to finally get the results that you want. Because here's the truth. Most programs just focus on the action taking and teaching you how to count macros. And then they set you off and they say, go do it. Why didn't you do it? (laughs) It's your fault. And that doesn't serve anybody. And the truth is, is that if you aren't digging under the surface, you aren't getting down to those roots like we talked about two weeks ago on the podcast, it doesn't matter what actions you take, you're going to self-sabotage and you're not going to get the results that you want. And so in Macros 101, I'm teaching you about shifting your identity, about shifting who you are being into the realm of being a macro scientist. And so I teach five steps to become her to become the macro scientist. And these are the same five steps that I have used with all of my clients that have repeatedly proven to work and will work for you. So if you're missing any of these steps, that's your reason why you haven't been able to get the results that you want. Okay. And so macros 101 is not just for people who want to lose weight. Macros 101 is for anybody who has a physical goal that they haven't yet reached and that they're feeling stuck and they want help in reaching that goal. That's who Macros 101 is for. And so in the program, I cover the five things that have to be a part of your plan. If like these five things aren't, if one of them is missing, you're not going to get, you're not going to get results. And so we go through these five steps. So we make sure that you have everything that you need to get results. So the five steps are number one, setting your starting macros. So we're going to set, help you learn to set macros that are customized to you right? Think about it. What's going to fit you better? A dress pulled randomly from the rack or one that's custom tailored to you? Like the custom tailored dress is going to fit better. And it's the same thing with macros. So I'm going to teach you how to set your starting macros based off of you, your body, your history, your goals. And this is a step that trips a lot of women up because they think that they can go to a free calculator online and just plug in their numbers and boom, there they have it. (laughs) And the problem is, is that calculators are only as good as the information that you put into them. And what I find is a lot of women uh, aren't putting good information into the calculators or they're not using the calculator the way it was meant to be used. And so they're starting out with macros that aren't actually a good starting place for them. So that's why in the program, we kick off with a 
ability to be able to know how to use the equations, know how to use the calculator so that you're going to get a really good starting point. Step number two, I teach you how to create a customized meal plan. (laughs) Some people may be hearing like a meal plan and thinking, oh my gosh, that's so restrictive. (laughs) But rest assured that this is all about creating a meal plan that fits your goals. Yes, but it's actually enjoyable, like fits the foods that you want to eat, not the, just the foods that you think you should eat to get the results that you want. Okay. So if you are just trying to like willpower your way through a generic meal plan, that's not created for you or by you. That's probably the reason that you're stuck. And so in macros 101, I teach you in less than five minutes a day, how to create a plan that fuels you, that you enjoy and helps you to hit your goals. Okay. Step number three, removing the mental blocks. I have coached thousands and thousands of women and I've seen it over and over again. Women who have the knowledge, who they know how to count macros, who understand the process and yet they keep starting and stopping, never really gaining traction in their journey. My question is what keeps these smart, intelligent women from crossing the line on their finished goals? The answer is themselves. Because you know that knowing and doing, they aren't the same thing. And so if you struggle with consistency, you are simply coming up against one of the mental blocks that if you don't remove that mental block, you're going to keep spinning your wheels, hopping from program to program, making sure, you know, being sure that you just need to learn just a little bit more. This is what we call self-sabotage. And the problem is with mental blocks, they're hidden. You don't know that they're there. They're like spinach in your teeth. You need somebody to help you identify them and help you to get them out. And so I do a lot of coaching and we go through exercises in Macros 101 to help you uncover these blocks and also help you get rid of them for good. Step number four is data-driven macro adjustments. So this is the step that really separates someone who's a macro dieter and just like following numbers and um, just treating it like another diet from the woman who actually understands how to wield this tool to be able to get the results that she wants. And so you cannot just set your macros and follow them to the finish line. It doesn't work. That's not how this process works. And so you have to understand that start, your starting macros are not going to be your finished macros. And adjusting your macros is, is something that will need to happen. And so that can seem complex. And it's why a lot of people just hire coaches to do it for them. Uh, but you will then keep dishing out money to a coach every month, not even understanding how or why they're adjusting it. And so I'm not that type of coach. I want to give you all of the tools that you need to be successful in your life. And so in Macros 101, I have simplified the process to allow you to figure out how to interpret the results that you're getting and be able to adjust your macros based off of that. And then step number five is reverse diet. Women regain weight on traditional dieting because they have metabolic adaptation and they don't address it. So your metabolism, our metabolisms adapt, meaning the more fuel you give it, the hotter it's going to burn. So when you remove fuel from the fire, which is what you do with dieting, over time, your metabolism is going to adapt downward, which means so many women start eating back normal food and then they regain all the weight and more. So a reverse means that you're going to be able to eat more calories while maintaining all the results that you want, all the results that you've gotten in, in, in your journey so far. So you eat more calories <laughs> And you're able to maintain your weight. It sounds a little too good to be true, but I promise you it's, it's not. Um, and reverse dieting is one of those things that if you, if you're not including a reverse diet in your plan, like, and wondering why you're not getting long-term results, like 
that right there is such a vital step that you cannot skip. And the problem is, is that most women are really scared about this step because it's counterintuitive. And they're really worried that they're going to flush all their hard work and results down the drain. And so in Macros 101, I not only like coach you through this process, but we actually have coaches who you can check in with and ask questions and get confirmation that you're not going to screw up all of your results. Um, Because we need you to be able to go through that that reverse diet in order to break out of that yo-yo cycle. Okay, so these are the steps that I cover inside of Macros 101 in depth, and we have coaching alongside of it. Um, I'm very active in the group. We have six amazing trained Macros 101 coaches. So it's a place where when you have a question, we guarantee that you will get coaching. And that's not just answering a question. Like you ask a question, we answer it. No, 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 that's not coaching. Coaching is a back and forth where we actually dig into what's keeping you stuck. And so I, what I promise is inside of Macros 101, you will actually get coaching on the things that are keeping you stuck. And it's really what makes Macros 101 uh, so different. So if that sounds like something you're like, heck yes, that <laughs> sign me up. I want to be in, I want to be in Macros 101. Then you can head to bicepsafterbabies.com forward slash join. All of the information about the program there, who it's for, how it works is all at that URL. So bicepsafterbabies.com forward slash join. Now, if you're listening to this after the fact, we close doors to Macros 101 on Thursday, on Thursday, February 4th. So if you're listening to this after the fact, if you go to that URL, it's just going to head you to the wait list. So if, you, if we're not open right now, you can just get on the wait list. We plan to open Macros 101 just twice in 2021 this year. So we'll open it in February and then uh, the next time will be in September and that's it. So if you're wanting to get in, I highly suggest not waiting, not thinking that, oh, I can just put it off a little bit longer. I'll start a little bit later. No, no, no. Like we're getting started. We're diving in. I'm working with the women who are committed on reaching and achieving their goals. Bicepsafterbabies.com forward slash join. Okay, let's dive into today's topic, which is why your weight loss is slow and what the heck to do about it. So maybe you've had this experience in the past. Maybe you have this experience right now where you're going through a fat loss phase and it's slow, slow, so slow. And you're getting frustrated. Um, I hear it all the time from people. They're like, when I don't see results, I'm not motivated. Okay. So you're like lacking motivation. And eventually what ends up happening for a lot of women is they end up quitting, right? It doesn't meet your expectations. It's not working the way that you thought it would. It's not worth the effort that you're putting in. The results are not worth the effort. And so they end up quitting. So I want to talk about this because I think it's a really important topic. And I'm going to share some reasons why your weight loss may be slow. And we're going to talk about if you identify with any of those, what can you, what can you do about it? Okay. Cause I'm all about, there's always a next step. All, always, always a next step. And so if you ever get to the point where you're like, this is it, there's no next step. <laughs> That's not true. There's always a next step. One of my goals as a coach is to help you figure out what the best next step is for you. Quitting is very rarely the best next step. Okay. So before we dive into the, like, I may have a list here of reasons that your weight loss may be slow. We have to talk about this word slow because we like slow means something different to everybody. 
slow is a comparison word. Uh, it it isn't it doesn't have an inherent meaning, right? You can only use the word slow if you're comparing it against something. And so for most women, it's an expectation. It's slow compared to the expect your expectation of what you thought it would be or should be. Um, it could be slow compared to what other people got. It could be slow compared to what you've done in the past. Okay, but notice with all of those, the the meaning and the use of the word slow is always in comparison to something. So I think a really good first question to ask is slow compared to what? What are what are you what is causing you to label whatever you're experiencing now slow? Is it because you're comparing yourself to others? Is it because you've had previous like crash dieting experiences? Is it because you went into this process with unrealistic expectations? What is causing you to label it as slow? Because when you can get clear on why you're calling it slow, that's going to open up a lot in terms of, well, what's your next steps? Okay. Because what your next step is, if you're labeling it slow because you're comparing yourself to others is very different than if you're labeling it slow because you had unrealistic, unrealistic expectations of the process. Does that make sense? Okay. So diving into each of these again, before you like start trying to figure out, well, which of these fits me, which of these is, is my, the reason my weight loss is slow. I want you to ask yourself that question. Like, why are you, what's causing you to label it slow? That's a really important thing to uncover before we go through this. So number one, the first question that I would ask is, do you actually need to lose weight? There's a difference between somebody who is going from a body fat percentage of 45% to 30% than somebody who is going from a body fat percentage of 22% to 19%. And there's even a different, that's even different from someone who's going from 19% to like 15%. Of course, I'm talking in terms of women. Those are women body fat percentages. Those don't really relate to men. They have different body fat percentages. But so those are different, different experiences um, and different processes and different journeys, frankly. And so if you are somebody who is lean and trying to get leaner, that process is going to be a heck of a lot slower than maybe somebody who has more weight to lose. And so what I see a lot of times are women who, and you know, I would consider lean anything around like 25% body fat. Okay. I'm not talking about just the women who want to go from 19 to 16% body fat. Like if you're around 25% body fat, that's a very normal average healthy body fat percentage. So if you're already at a healthy weight, um, a healthy body fat percentage, and you're trying to get leaner, I'm all for it. Like you get to set whatever goals you want. Like I am all for body autonomy, but it's important to go into that process, understanding that it gets exponentially harder, the leaner you're trying to get, because you can, you can understand that your body is set up for survival. And in order to survive, you have to, there's an essential amount of body fat that you need to maintain in order for your body to keep running. And so the closer you get to that point, the harder your body brings out all its weapons to fight against it. Okay. It's, it's a way for your body to stay alive. And so the leaner you are, the more effort, the more time, the more everything you're going to have to put in 
to squeak out those last little results. It's kind of like in the gym. Um, when I first started powerlifting, it was so fun because every week you're like adding five pounds. It's like, you're getting like a five pound PR, like every week in the gym. So fun. And then you start to get close to like your genetic maximums. And the closer you get to that, the harder you have to fight to put on weight on the bar. And so I remember one of the reasons I left powerlifting was because I had like kind of topped out of like what I was willing to put into the process to like eke out PRs. I wasn't, when you get to like an experienced advanced lifter, some of these people will work for years to like put five pounds on their squat. Okay. It just like the higher, more closer you get to those like limits, the more effort you have to, I want, I don't want to say you can't do it, but it, the more effort you have to put in to get the results. And at some point I just, I wasn't willing to, to work for three years to put five pounds on my squat. Like that wasn't exciting to me anymore. And so that's when I switched out modalities, but the same thing works with your fitness journey. If you are lean, trying to go leaner, you have to recognize that that's going to be a much, much slower process. Okay. Number two, you've been dieting for too long. So when you chronically diet, I talked about this in the intro when I was talking about macros 101, when you restrict and lower your caloric intake for a long time, your body adapts. Metabolic adaptation is a way that your body stays alive, which means your metabolism is going to slow down over time, which is why there's a bunch of women walking around out in the world who are eating 1200 calories and nothing's changing. And they keep having to go lower and lower and lower with their calories and it doesn't do anything. The reason is, is because your body has adapted and is now only burning 1200 calories a day rather than the 17, 18, 2000 that you should be burning when your metabolism was healthy and like revving up. Okay. So if you've been dieting for a long time, you have experienced metabolic adaptation likely. And if that's the case, the answer to why your weight loss is slow is metabolic adaptation. And the next step is not to continue restricting or continue dropping your calories. The answer is going through a reverse diet where you slowly are adding calories over time, increasing your metabolic rate without adding fat. That's what a reverse diet is. Okay. So if you've been chronically dieting, experienced metabolic adaptation and you're like, this is so slow, it's not working. That's a really good sign that, Hey, your metabolism may need some work. And the fact that it was able to adjust down inherently means it can adjust up. I hear some people are like, I've damaged my metabolism. I'm ruined it. Like it's never going to come back. The fact that your metabolism adapted down means that it is adaptable, which means we can adapt it up. Okay. And so reverse diets are like revolutionary for so many of my clients. And it's my very favorite thing to see women eating more and maintaining or even losing body fat. So if you are in this category and you're like, I've been dieting for a really long time, maybe I'm experiencing some, some metabolic adaptation and you're nervous about going into your reverse diet, I invite you into Macros 101 because that is an excellent place to go through that process, to get coaching, to get information, to have a community of people who are going through that. That is what you need when you're going into a really scary next step, which for many women, a reverse diet is a scary next step. Okay. Number three, why your weight loss is slow. Do you need to adjust your macros? I talked about at the beginning, again, your starting macros are not your finished macros for most people, which means you have to know how to adjust your macros based off of the feedback from your body. 
And so if weight loss is slow, it may just be a case of us needing to adjust your macros and kickstart that, that fat loss again. Okay. And if you don't know how to adjust your macros based off of the feedback from your body, that is exactly what I teach you how to do inside of macros 101. So if you've plateaued and you're like, I don't know where to go from here. The beautiful thing with macro counting is there's always a next step. There's always an adjustment we can make that can move you forward. So if you need to adjust your macros, that like a weight loss plateau or weight loss being really slow can just be evidence that like, Hey, we need to make some adjustments to your macros to make it more effective. Number four, are you tracking the right metrics? For many women, the answer is no. <laughs> they are just taking their scale weight and that's all they're looking at. And I need you to understand that like, if you're making decisions based off of faulty data and a faulty interpretation of that data, that's a very different situation than actually saying that like weight loss isn't happening. Because what I find is a lot of women label it as like weight loss isn't happening or fat loss isn't happening, but it's not, not because it's not happening, but because they don't recognize that it's happening. So there is a difference between the data you gather, which are facts. If you step on the scale and it says 164, that's a fact. And your interpretation of that data, they aren't the same thing. So, so many women gather the data and then come to the conclusion that it's not working when in reality, they're just interpreting the data incorrectly. And so in Macros 101, I teach a lot about being the macro scientist and a lot about being the macro scientist is figuring out how to gather and interpret data accurately so that you can make the adjustments that you need to make to get the results that you want. So make sure that you're tracking the right metrics that you actually need to be tracking to actually see if, yes, what you're doing is working or no, what you're doing is not working and we need to make an adjustment. Number five, you could be eating more than you think. Now I put this down like towards the bottom of my list because for a lot of women, I guess I would, I don't know. I, I hesitate because I think so many women are told that they are bluffing when they're like, I eat 1200 calories and I'm not seeing any change. And people are like, you're lying. You just don't know how much you're eating. You're eating more than you think you're eating. And it becomes like this blanket, blanket statement of like, we don't believe you. And for a lot of women, like they actually are eating 1200 calories and it's a metabolic adaptation issue that we need to deal with. Not that they're lying about it, but there are a subset of women who just don't realize how many calories they're consuming. It's just not even, you know, they eat more than they think they do, or they have bigger portion sizes than they think they do, which is why tracking can be so beneficial because it brings to our conscious awareness, the choices that we're making and the input that's going into our body. And so this is why tracking everything that you eat, even when you go over your macros, even when you go under your macros, even when you eat a thousand calories extra is so valuable because that is helpful data. It's not like if you're only tracking your macros when you hit them, that's like the least helpful data possible. <laughs> you're like missing a whole subset of data of like all those times that you ate over your macros or that you like binged on the weekends. We need that, those data points, um, because they help us to know maybe you're eating more calories than you actually think you're eating. And if we start to make adjustments based off of faulty data, because you haven't gathered the data properly, we're never going to get you to where you want to be. Okay. So it could be that you are seeing slow weight loss because you're eating more than you think. And this is where weighing your food can come in helpful as a tool, where tracking can come in helpful as a tool just to bring awareness to what is actually going on. 
Number six, do you have a health issue or a medical condition? Now I will be like the first and foremost to say that this is not my area of expertise. I am not an expert on hypothyroidism. I'm not an expert on sleep apnea or PCOS or some of these, these legit medical issues that can change the way that your body responds to weight loss medications that we take. Like there are, there are issues. Um, I think it's really important when you have these issues to recognize that it's really easy to put limitations on yourself. And I think there's this line between creating limitations on yourself, um, and acceptance. Right. And so I think a lot of times women are like, well, I just have, I've had seven children. I have PCOS, I have hypothyroidism. And so I can't do that. And that is like, that to me is just like putting yourself in a box and limiting what is possible for you. I talk a lot about setting goals that may be unachievable because the person that you become in the process of reaching them is important and is valuable. And so if you are somebody who has a legit medical condition that can make weight loss hard, I don't want to minimize that at any, at any point, right? That's, we don't need to minimize that. However, we also don't need to take the victim hat and put it on and say, yes, I just never can be successful because I have X, Y, and Z. Okay. That, and I see so many women defaulting to that section. And I'm not only talking about medical conditions, talking about you working full-time, number of children you have, the amount of time you have, like the amount of support you have, like there are absolutely factors that play in to your life, your lifestyle, the priority that you can make in terms of healthy eating, your socioeconomic status, like these things play a role. And there's a difference between recognizing that they play a role and giving away your power to them. And so I invite you, if you have something a medical condition, a socioeconomic status that doesn't, you know, it makes it hard for you to purchase fresh food or, you know, whatever, like those things are realities and I don't ever want to minimize them. And also I don't want you to be a victim to them. And so at any point we always have choices and sometimes our choices are limited based off of factors outside of our control. But we always come back to this place of like, okay, I can't control the fact that I have Hashimoto's. But what I can control is the actions that I take. And I personally don't want to ever be limited in what I believe is possible because of an outside factor. And if that means that I set a goal and I don't ever achieve it, that's okay to me. Because by reaching for that goal, I become someone different. And that to me is the value of goal setting and the value of reaching for something that may seem out of your reach. Okay. Number seven, reason why your weight loss may be slow, um, because it's supposed to be. (laughs) If you want to lose fat, it's supposed to be slow. Many people get skewed when they think about what weight loss is supposed to be like because they have a lot of experience with crash diets, which in crash diets, a lot of times you're losing a lot of water weight, you're losing fat, and you're probably losing some muscle as well. And so they've seen the scale go down really, really, really fast. And they've created this expectation that that that's how it's supposed to happen. 
And the thing that I want you to consider is that when you're crash dieting, you are not only losing fat, but you're also losing water and you're losing muscle. And if you want to maximize the amount of fat that you're losing without losing muscle mass, so you actually want to be burning fat, then that's a slow process. It's slow to come on and it's slow to come off. And so it's really important to come in to a weight loss phase with the expectation that it's going to be quote unquote slow. I mean, I guess depending on what your version of slow is, but what I usually recommend for my clients is aiming for about 0.5 pounds to a pound a week. And everybody hears that and they think, okay, I'll be a pound a week. (laughs) But I want you to consider that like many of you listening here, especially if you're lean, trying to get leaner, like a 0.5 pound loss per week is awesome. If we're actually losing a half pound of fat a week, that's amazing. Okay. And so going into this process with the realistic expectation of, you know what, I'm doing this for the long run. I don't want to regain this back. I want it to be permanent fat loss. Slow fat loss is permanent fat loss. And if that's what you want, then it's supposed to be slow. Embrace it. Again, I think this is just such a pivotal, and I know I've said it a lot on this podcast, and I know I've said it a lot on previous podcasts, but I I think if it's just so pivotal if that if we can start to understand that the win is in the journey and not just in the destination. Like if we can, if you can really grasp that, that like, yes, set those goals, work towards losing the 30 pounds. But if you can't appreciate and enjoy the process to get there, who you become in that process, the changes that you make, the up-leveling that you do, if you can't appreciate that, and the only thing that matters is the 30 pounds, you've set yourself up for failure. And also when you get to the 30 pounds, it probably won't be enough. So set big goals and enjoy the process along the way. You don't need to get frustrated that it's taking a long time to lose 30 pounds. What's happening? What transformations are you making? What wins are you having? What is going on right now? And can you enjoy the journey that you're taking to get to the end result? If you can't enjoy the journey, if you can't enjoy the journey to get to the result that you want, you shouldn't be, you shouldn't be going for that result. Consider that. If you can't enjoy the process that it takes to get to the goal, don't set the goal. Okay. But the truth is, is that you become someone different. You up level, you learn. And that is just as valuable as crossing the finish line. It's like running a marathon is commendable, even if you don't finish. (laughs) Like, I know we all want to finish, but like there's 26.1.2 miles in between the start line and the finish line. And if we're only focused on the finish line, we miss everything that happens in between it. And a lot of times we end up quitting because we miss it. Okay. So fat loss, it's supposed to be slow. Embrace it. Look for the wins. Look for what's going well. Look for how you're changing and celebrate those things along the way. Okay. So those are the seven reasons why your weight loss may be slow. To recap, one, asking your question, do I actually really need to lose weight or I just want to lose weight? If you're lean, trying to get leaner, it's not surprising that it's slow. Number two, you've been dieting for too long and we talked about metabolic adaptation and how the answer to that is a reverse diet. 
Number three, do you need to adjust your macros? Macros need to be adjusted throughout the process. Like that's a part of the process. We got to take the feedback from your body and adjust. And maybe that's what needs to happen. Number four, are you tracking the right metrics? There's a difference between the data and your interpretation of the data. And if you're interpreting the data incorrectly, you're going to be making mistakes in your next steps in the journey. Number five, you could be eating more than you think. And this is where tracking and gathering that data of what you are eating is very important and very helpful. Number six, you may have a health issue or a medical condition that we talked about, hypothyroidism, sleep apnea, PCOS, um, other things. Number seven, if you want to lose fat, it's supposed to be slow. So embrace it and enjoy the journey. So I hope going through these helped you to maybe identify and maybe calm down a little bit in terms of your expectations. Expectations are everything. I've talked about this before of how I used to just not expect my husband to be home when he was in residency. And that way I wasn't disappointed. And in fact, I was really excited when he was home because it it wasn't an expectation. And so expectations as you go into a process, it's really important to figure out what expectations am I going in with and where do those expectations come from? That's another really good question to ask yourself. Where, like most people just like pull expectations out of their butt. Like where did it come from? Because you saw someone else do it because like you did it previously in a, in a different time of your life. Like again, expectations are normal, but when you can start to get clear on where they're coming from, you can decide if they are actually one, accurate, and two, if they're actually going to serve you in your journey. Is it going to serve you in your journey to expect that you're going to lose five pounds a week? Is that going to help you to keep going? Most people know. Okay, so getting clear on those expectations, where they come from, and which ones you want to continue to hold on to that are actually serving you in your journey. Okay, we talked about a lot today. I mentioned Macros 101 quite a few times because a lot of what we do in Macros 101 is helping you to work through these sticking points. These are like the sticking points. Everybody has them. They're sticking points in your journey. And they're, it's like that, that pivotal moment where the, the path bifurcates. And you have this option to quit or to take the next step. And for most women who go on that journey by themselves, that quitting feels very, has a big pull. <laughs> it's hard. It's a sticking point. And so that, that you know, quitting gets you out of there. And it's the women who stick through those, those sticking points who actually make progress. And so that's what Macros 101 is about. It's helping you to stick through those sticking points, to give you the tools, to give you the understanding, to help you build the identity of the macro scientist who is able to set their macros, adjust their macros, create this customized plan that's effective and enjoyable for them. And so if that is appealing to you at all, I invite you to come and join us inside of Macros 101. It is an incredible program with incredible coaches, with incredible women that you're going to be surrounding yourself with. And it's for those women who are committed to reaching their goals and committed to doing the work that it's going to take to get there. That's what we do inside of Macros 101. If you want more information, go to bicepsafterbabies.com forward slash join. I can't wait to get started with those women who are raising their hand and are ready to do it. I'm itching to coach you. I'm itching to help you have the breakthroughs that you deserve in your journey. And I will see you inside. That wraps up this episode of Biceps After Babies Radio. I'm Amber. Now go out and be strong because remember, my friend, you can do anything. Hold up, sister friend. Do you love Biceps After Babies Radio? If so, the best way to say thank you is to subscribe to the podcast and leave a review on iTunes. 
I know every podcaster wants you to leave a review, but it's because those reviews help the podcast to reach more people. And I do truly want to know what you think. If this particular episode resonated with you, will you also please share it? Either send the link to someone who would find it valuable or take a screenshot and post it to your social media and tell your friends and family why they should listen. Make sure you tag me at biceps.after.babies so I can hear your feedback and give you a little love. And you know, if you aren't already following me on Instagram or Facebook, that's the perfect time to hit that follow button. Thank you for being here and listening to Biceps After Babies Radio.